G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. On a Thursday, we do like to check in with Family Voice Australia. And as the dust settles on another Australia Day, with all the controversies and the growing activism that wants to change the date, if there's something positive that's come from the controversies, it's that reputable historians have sought to set the record straight. Andrew McCall is the Family Voice Australia State Director for Queensland. He's been reflecting on recent thoughts from one of Australia's best-known historians, Geoffrey Blaney. Andrew McCall, a special welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil, and and, and uh, good morning, listeners, in 2024. Hey, Andrew, it's become very popular, as we've seen over previous weeks, to demonise Australia's colonial history, but... I guess Australians today have a lot to be thankful for, whether you are Indigenous or non-Indigenous. What are your thoughts here? Well, yes, I think Australians today do have much to be thankful for. Uh, We should consider what we have. We have constitutions. We have the rule of law with seven state and federal governments. In fact, Australia's always had the rule of law since 1788. As usual, it's imperfect like every other place of the world, but it's far superior to what we know of Aboriginal history. And let's be frank, this was brutal, based largely on the taking of vengeance, not justice. It was abusive of women and children, and it was liable to wanton warfare and bloodshed. (laughs) That was pretty awful. There are some dark patches in colonial history, but yes, even as you reflect on uh, what life was like uh, in Aboriginal history, yes, there are some very dark patches there too. Hey, Geoffrey Blaney, uh, one of our nation's great historians, he's been writing about these things and and sought to set the record straight in some ways. What are your reflections on the things he's been writing? Well, Geoffrey's very helpful for us, and he, he wrote in The Australian about a week or so ago an article called Australia Day, a time to reflect on the country we, co- we all call home. And he mentions in that article that most Australian men in Victoria, New South Wales, and much of South Australia in the 19th century had an early right to vote if they so desired. And the latest census taken here in Australia reveals that a surprisingly large number of large town and city Aboriginal families are prospering. Now, Geoffrey also writes that Sorry Day demands that the nation acknowledge the wrongfulness of the past dispossession, oppression and degradation of the Aboriginal peoples. It forgets that for some form of oppression and degradation, and dispossession, including wars with very high casualty rates, must have been familiar throughout the long and often successful reign of Indigenous peoples. Now, so we don't doubt the fact every nation has its 
parts of its history that were that are embarrassing and not bright. That's just a fact of human nature because human nature itself is imperfect. And um, But what we do find is that after the first fleet, only eight days after the Botany Bay landing in 1788, the Reverend Richard Johnson addressed the new settlement and his listeners, and of course they were mainly convicts, had all travelled for seven months by ship to get there and he chose as his text Psalm 116 verse 12, which says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Now, this was an extremely optimistic text for Johnson, but he chose it. He knew many of his listeners, but little of his new surroundings. But he knew that there was a future here for the settlers, though it would be a tough start for them. He wanted to encourage his listeners, as I said, mainly convicts, towards their future opportunities, and there would be many of them. You know, little did they know uh, at that time, Neil, how the new Australian settlement would quickly get its roots down. Yes, the early years of settlement were very tough. These were starving periods when there was more demand for food than could be supplied. But even with a quickly growing population, it became self-supporting in food in under 12 years. And Australia's far better for everyone now than it was then. And, you know, just a little reflection, because here we are in the week between Australia Day and what is called National Christian Heritage Sunday that's coming up this Sunday, and that's the day that celebrates that very first church service that was held on Australian soil and on the day that the chaplain, Richard Johnson, uh, unpacked uh, that scripture, as you mentioned, from Psalm 116, verse 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? And, uh, and so National Christian Heritage Sunday, it's becoming part of the institution of Australian life. And in some sense here, and I'll get your thoughts, Andrew, because uh, while there might be controversies around the landing of the First Fleet in Australia and colonial history, it is the day that the gospel arrived on the shores of Australia and uh, that very first church service was held on Sunday the 4th, on the the first Sunday after the arrival and, of course, will be celebrated this Sunday the 4th of February. Uh, Thoughts from you on that? Well, this this is the point to to understand. I mean, the the so-called controversy over Australia Day and, and settlement this has been a fairly recent phenomena and it's driven by some ideologies that have only been around in the last couple of decades. Um, but our forebears didn't think there was much controversy about it at all. And and if we were to go back two or three, four, five generations, these were, these were fundamental matters about how Australia was settled. This is how we got to where we are today. Um, was it painful? Yep, was it rough? It sure was, but nonetheless, that's 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 where we started from. So I think we have to try and get this supposed controversy in some context. It's only been a fairly recent phenomena that people have started complaining about Australia Day as if there's something dreadful that took place. Uh, frankly, I don't think there was anything dreadful that took place at all. We were settled 
we had the rule of law. We have democracy. We have a lot of things in Australia that lots of people have come here for. And, and as I was, I was about, to, about to say, Neil, did you know that the first Australian wool export to England was by Johnson's successor, uh, successor who was Samuel Marsden? Marsden was an enterprising and successful preacher and farmer. So he got busy when he got here. And, and yes, he preached the gospel. And, yes, he farmed and, and bred sheep and, and sent wool to England to sell, so hey, let's let's sort of get ourselves a, a rather more sensible view, in my opinion, about Australian history. Of course, there are there are blemishes and blots, but at the same time, there are amazing things that have taken place, and most of Australian history is actually positive and something to be proud of. So you have the uh, Indigenous Australians or First Nations people, as they do like to call themselves, and then you've got the colonial Australians and those who've descended from those who arrived on the First Fleet and have been here since then. Then you've got the migrant population that's come here over the past 200-plus, 30-odd uh, years uh, and come from all over. And uh, this is your history, isn't it, uh, that your uh, your father and mother they uh, they were migrants. Well, m- m- my father was born in Australia, and so was his fa- so was his father. Sorry. But my mother uh, had married my dad after the war in ni- in nineteen forty five over in England, and he brought his new wife out uh, to Australia. He was a farmer, an Australian farmer, and and she made Australia her home. Now, once again, it wasn't easy. When Dad and Mum moved into their first house, this is in country New South Wales, she had, if she wanted to cook anything, anything, she'd have to light the fire. That is a physical U-Butte garden variety fire in the oven, in the kitchen, at home. That's where things were at 78 years ago. So we realised that Australia's come a long way since, since then. It's come an awful long way since 1788. But what, and what we found, of course, is uh, we, that millions of Australians or millions of people have come to Australia, have been thankful for it and have made it their home and have, haven't wanted to go anywhere else. So what we have is a, a situation where oftentimes this reflection on the past and uh, some activist ideologies uh, in there uh, causing a lot of consternation uh, for a nation. In some sense, uh, there is a looking to the future, which is based on uh, where we're currently at in the way that we are able to balance things uh, with a constitutional uh, way of our governance and uh, a peaceful way of uh, living in harmony with one another. That's something that needs to be preserved, you think? Well, I do. I, I do think it needs to be preserved. And as I said, we, we have to keep in context all of this, the, the supposed dramas of, of supposed dispossession and atrocity um, and actually say, now, wait a minute. Yes, of course, there were wrong things that took place. Uh, this is the same in, in, in any nation. There, there are wrong things taking place in Australia today because there is such a thing as crime. Having said that, Australia is still a great place to, um, to be growing up in. Yeah, yes, we have our problems, but and if and if if capital city real estate in Australia today is expensive, 
What can Australians do? Well, they can do what they've done for a long, long time. Go to the bush. There's work in the bush and land is much cheaper out there. And I can, I can just quote one example of this. I mean, three hours west of Brisbane, big blocks of land are available in the thriving town of Dolby for under $100,000. Hey, country towns have much to offer. <laughs> and a special good morning to listeners in Dolby. I'm sure, uh, you know, your real estate agents might like a little bit of an extra boost today. People might be ringing <laughs> and finding out or going online and checking out those prices. Hey, it's become a trendy thing, Andrew, to despise Australia and its history. And you know what? Uh, come around 12 months from now, uh, we'll still be having this debate again. Those controversies will not die. Uh, it makes us uh, think and make sense of the history that we have. And maybe there's even an upside in all of that. But uh, how, do you, uh, how do you think about the fact that we do despise our history uh, and, and what good we ought to be thinking of here? Well, I think you're right, Neil. I think it's become very trendy in the last couple of decades to despise Australia and its history. I don't. Try going to the Ukraine. I thank God for our nation of Australia. Here, he's done good to untold millions of people. We thank God for all the good things. And we work to raise our families and make improvements. And by God's grace, we make changes. And that's the goodness of God found in the gospel. And Professor Blaney in his article that I started quoting from today can close this out for us when he said that, uh, is Australia Day one to deride? No, it's a day for reflection. Australia has enjoyed far more successes than failures, though the failures are undeniable and numerous. Today, measured by several indicators of well-being and achievement, Australia stands near the top of the ladder of nations. It is one of the world's oldest continuous democracies. And in a year of rich harvests, it feeds, through its inventiveness in farming, perhaps a hundred million people in other lands. Its standards of living make it a paradise for most of today's immigrants, compared with the lands they left behind. These are some of the powerful reasons why Australia Day is worth celebrating. And I think that listeners would be able to Google the Geoffrey Blaney article that you've been reflecting on. Uh, I think it appeared, it was published in the Australian newspaper. And yep. uh, for listeners, you could do that. And, and just this encouragement that in all of the controversies, this is bringing out of the woodwork uh, some of those reputable Australian historians who are able to reflect on Australia's history and keep the record straight. And, of course, we talk to a number of those historians and we talk about even our Christian history. So there's, uh, there's takes away that sometimes that political bias that you can often get when you're looking back through history. And so uh, lots more of that to come through the year, no doubt, as we reflect on historical things here on 2020. Um, but that Geoffrey Blaney article, uh, do Google it. Uh, you'll find it. It was published in The Australian. And as always, uh, Andrew McColl, just wonderful getting your insights. Andrew is the Family Voice Australia State Director for Queensland. And you can follow Andrew and connect with him through the Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au. Familyvoice.org.au. You might want to get a hold of some of Andrew's books too. He's published four books 
they shall become one. Another one called the significance of the godly family. One called Inherit the Earth and the Great Christian Revolution, a series of 11 studies dealing with some of the applications of a Christian worldview. Uh, Andrew, just wonderful getting your insights. Thanks so much for another great update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Great talking with you always. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 